0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 105 oh, of TLDR podcast. I don't know why everyone's laughing. I, I, don't, probably, know. I don't know. I
1: don't Tyler know. Tyler is having a terrible, terrible. Tyler's having days. a rough time. Right?
0: Uh, it's been a it's been a day. Uh, it's been a fucking two weeks. Uh, was <laughs> um, yeah, so if you're watching on the video, I'm here with Alex in Paso Robles, um, because uh went to a wedding this weekend up in Monterey on the way back car broke down uh super fun times but thankfully we were close enough to alex and ashley and paso and they've saved our lives um and made this whole process a whole lot easier uh, we had a place to stay ollie thankfully was here too um so that was clutch um so yeah so thank you to alex and ashley for being the mvps of this whole situation but you're welcome yeah we're currently <laughs> we're currently still stuck in paso but it's not the worst thing because uh, my fiance and i went wine tasting so it's not the worst place to be to to be stuck in the world. So they deleted um, wine. Yes, we yeah. deleted wine apparently, which is a phrase that <laughs> I just learned today. Um, <laughs> I still don't know what that means, but okay. Um, You so also yeah. dropped your coffee. I t- yeah, like five minutes ago. <laughs> I was, yeah, just spilled my tea. It was, it was it was tea, but whatever. Um, Yeah, it's, that was a little bit rough. So <laughs> yeah, you're having a rough. Go at it. right now. rough no. like 24 well, hours it's for Tyler. We're really off. Um, <laughs> but honestly not as bad. Who as did you me. hurt, dude? Seriously. <laughs> no, I, I felt like I was doing everything, I was doing everything okay, but apparently not. Um but yeah, that's that's where we are. Uh James, how are you doing, bud? How's your how's your last 24 hours been? It's pretty good, man. I uh we hung out at Scott Lee's
1: house at his new place in San Pedro, which is a shit drive i don't ever want to do that again but i did it there's an entire island full of just cargo containers did y'all know that it's called terminal island that is gross not mm, i don't like that drove through that played some beer dye, deleted some beers played some beer pong some darts it's a good time then drove to San. or no. Nah, then i drove up to Rodondo beach watched some fireworks on the on the oceans that was cool that was my last 24 hours this morning I woke up worked out it's a rest week so only burned like 1500 calories so far nothing crazy and so i'm just chilling. I can't wait for my ribeye. I'm going to have a ribeye for dinner.
0: All I've been talking about. Right, Alex? Yeah, you won't shut up about it. Ribeye. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Trayden, um, how was your 4th of July and what have you been deleting lately? Um, It's been good. Um, 4th of July was better than, well, better than yours.
2: Uh, at least that's <laughs> that. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> um, uh, Unfortunately, I had to throw, I had to, you know, rubbing it a little bit and no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's it's been good. I, I joined James in uh up in Long Beach. I, I call it Long Beach. It's it's San Pedro technically. Um, yeah. I, d- I guess we delete beers now. So or or seltzers, whatever you uh whatever your you fancy. Um, mm-hmm. other than that, we're just I'm just getting prepared for a for a trip this weekend. Um, taking an RV all the way up to Canada. So I still have work to do after this podcast. So uh, yeah, I have a lot going on. It won't stop. Nothing stops in my welcome world to
0: life welcome to life man and then alex obviously we've been chilling hanging out last uh little bit here um yep. it's been nice to have you as always gracious host uh made some mean burgers and wieners last night i um, gotta love a grilled wiener you know it's always the best but yeah i mean I do.
3: i'm doing fantastic uh yeah we had a pretty chill fourth of july obviously saved you from peril on yeah. the uh on the highway uh I went fishing out on, out of, uh, off of Monterey, uh, earlier in the weekend, caught all the fish, caught my limit, So that was cool. Uh, I was telling the boys earlier, like half of the boat was just puking their brains out. So that was pretty funny, uh, which is surprising cause I was actually really worried that was going to be me. Uh, but I was fine. So that was great. Saw a whale,
0: saw some dolphins, saw some otters, you know, it was a good time freezing, but other than that it was great. Love that. Um, So, yeah, so happy Fourth of July to everyone else. I hope you guys had a fun, safe holiday weekend. Um, And we're going to take a real quick break. When we get back, um, Alex is going to talk the frenzy that is the NBA free agency. Lots been going on already. We're going to dissect all of it when we come back. Welcome back everybody. Uh, the NBA off season is upon us, but it doesn't really feel like it because uh, free agency started last week. And as always, I took the NBA with player movement and free agency is just an absolute zoo. Um, so Alex, you're gonna break everything down and help us kind of figure out what's gone so far. It's not even over yet, but what we got, what's our update? Yeah, okay, we're not gonna break down everything
3: because we would have too much, there's not enough time to do all of that. So I just picked three of kind of bigger topics slash players that went on the move um some of these are going to be more of um speculation or just general conversation and some are these players have already moved and just thoughts on that so um you know the nba they have a you know a time where you're not allowed to speak to players and then the second free agency opens players start signing anyway so it definitely feels like everyone just sort of agrees to not listen to that rule which i think is funny uh i don't know how that works exactly but um (laughs) you know, part of the big storyline kind of post NBA finals was what was going to happen with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, there was a lot of rumors about what Kyrie may or may want to do. Then he opted into his uh, 36 plus million dollar contract. And then pretty much immediately after that, KD was like, nope, I want it. I want out. Uh, so KD has officially requested to trade out of Brooklyn. Kyrie is now also pretty much on the trading block. Uh, it's maybe been four or five days of this we haven't nothing has been nothing has happened yet which is strange um, because a lot of times things go very quickly with NBA trade so um, James let's start with you just thoughts on I guess what's happening in Brooklyn and then you know potentially where you think or if you want to guess where KD and or Kyrie may end up a couple weeks from now. Uh, First things first do people
1: just not realize that a contract is binding? Like almost everybody nowadays is like, oh, I'll sign this four-year contract. But then one year are going to be like, ah, I want out. So trade me now or I'm never going to play. That's stupid. You signed a contract, do your part. As opposed to this, I can't say shit about it. It's like KD and Kyrie, both high-level players. I think KD will end up staying, mainly because what the Nets want in return for KD is insane. They want like two all-star players and then multiple first-round picks. That's heavy for a guy who's getting paid a lot of money, who is an all-star and is a top three talent in the league. Easy. But that's still a lot. You're leveraging your future and your present because then now who are you going to pair with KD? If you trade away your two best players and multiple draft picks to get KD, who are you going to still have on your team to play with him and win? It, it, it's tough to do. Uh, so I think KD ends up staying in Brooklyn. Uh, Kyrie, on the other hand, I think he forces away to the Lakers. I think it, that's – the easy thing to do at this point, Kyrie and Steve Nash are not jelly. The relationship at this point has been reported as irreparable. There's no way this is going to happen again. Like Kyrie will never play under Steve Nash again in his entire life. Those two aren't even talking at this point. There's no way that relationship gets fixed. Kyrie's out. And I think Kyrie goes to LA. I think Rob Palenka figures out a way to do this. And LeBron figures out a way to do this. Cause that's what happens in the NBA and NBA. If your start player you wants something. And if it's such a high stature, like, LeBron James, you get what you want. You got AD, now he gets Kyrie. That, that's going to be a pretty good squad. Get rid of Russ, put Russ on the same team as Ben Simmons. That's going to be great. I want to see that dumpster fire happen. But I think KD stays, and I think Kyrie goes to the Lakers.
3: Interesting. Okay. I actually don't think Kyrie's going to end up going to L.A. this year. I think it's going to turn out um, a lot of what happened with Paul George like three years ago. Where Paul George was, you know, running out of his initial Indiana OKC contract, and everyone was like, he wants to go to LA. He wants to play for the Lakers. The Lakers aren't going to trade, you know, the farm for him when he's just going to sign there in free agency. And then obviously that did not work out well for the Lakers when PG went to their uh, cross arena rivals, the Clippers. Um, can't really call them cross town because they yeah. share the same thing. <laughs> uh, but Cross, trade in across the, hallway, across the hallway across the locker room whatever you want to call it. So I I mean honestly like if Kyrie and Nash can figure out a way to just coexist, why not run it back? They've made some good signings. The East is you know kind of up in the air right now, so like they could still be a very good team just for whatever reason KD doesn't want to be there anymore. Um I could see KD going to Toronto. There seems to be some some talk about that, but it looks like there's going to have to be three teams in any of these trades to make the money work so we'll we'll have to see but uh trade in as our resident biggest basketball fan uh <laughs> just your just your overall thoughts on this thing um and then kind of you know i have a feeling you have strong feelings about people demanding out and
2: demanding trades so um yeah uh i actually i, I mean, it, it's tough because i can actually i actually cited james here i mean i i don't understand how you can ask for a trade when when you when you've signed a contract i'll say there are some exceptions you know especially when you're a player uh you, you know when you're a player that has given his all um to a team and 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 ple- and pledge the team and the other and the other Side has not reciprocated it in terms of you know surrounding you or with with a squad or surrounding you with a team that that you had signed up for, you know in this situation, I, Kevin Durant still has four fucking years on his contract. It seems like he just signed it yesterday, and it just further further cements my hatred for Kymer Durant. <laughs> I absolutely think Kevin Durant is the biggest pussy in the NBA. Um, he is a pansy ass that that can't handle any hardships that come his way. All he needs to find a team that will help, will you know, give him the championship. No, now he he did go to he did go to um, Golden State and he did make. He was a huge part of why they won. However, they did go to a team that is organized that doesn't have the drama that surrounds them besides the drama outside of people that just hate golden state, but internally there's no issues. Uh, And, you know, they have one of the best, they have one of the better, um, you know, established players already already in the game. So Kevin Durant had kind of, I would say, coasted to his uh, to his um, championship in a sense. And now he wanted an opportunity to create his own legacy and, and, and bring and bring a championship to the Brooklyn nets. And now that things kind of are going awry, he's just like ah, fuck you, I'm out. No, fuck you, Kevin Durant. And for, and for that matter, I pray to God, and I look this up. I pray to I I know that Kevin Durant does not have a no-trade clause, so he does not have any say into where he goes. If I was if I was the Brooklyn Nets, unless you can get King's Ransom for Kevin Durant, you either a keep him, and if you find King's Ransom with, with a team that's Sacramento Kings or fucking, um the pelicans or any fucking team that we think is a dumpster fire send them there and t- and send them send them there smack the smack the the door behind his ass and say fuck you get the fuck out never come back you kevin duran is the biggest pansy ass that ever played the game and he has such talent and i just wish that there w- there's a, there's so many other players that would pray to have the talent that he has and he and, and would would actually harness it and actually ha- has a little bit more character with the way that they go about things. And unfortunately, Kevin Durant, it, you know, has all that talent and, he, and it, it's, a, it's an absolute waste in my opinion. Uh, Kyrie, you're not too far behind in my opinion, either. You don't want to fucking play basketball half the time. So you, you're a, you're a fucking issue as far as I'm concerned. Um, if I were, if, if I was the Nets, I'd say, fuck you and just keep them both. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless they can actually get something that's of worth. And we saw what, what we're going to be talking about it next. What fucking Rudy Gobert brought, like, are you fucking kidding me? So if that's the benchmark, what the fuck is, is KD worth? He's worth an entire team at this point, it's like a whole franchise. You've got to whole, trade the whole franchise. So, yeah. yeah. Uh,
3: I mean, in, you. in, Trading went off. That was, that was inevitable. Uh, <laughs> you're, I mean, you're not wrong. Like KD has, has really brought, you know, in OKC, things were working well. And then he and Russ didn't get along. He goes to golden state. People, you know, rip him for joining a team that had just won 73 games, The per, you know, the previous season, he and Draymond have their own little spat. KD doesn't want to be there anymore. He goes to Brooklyn. He's injured for the whole first year recovering. Um, Then come, you know, they go, should have played much better. They don't. Kyrie doesn't want to get the vaccine, so he doesn't want to play. And now there's all this other drama. Weirdly enough, the Pelicans could be one of those teams that could viably trade for KD. Like, they have, you know, big money on the books with now Zion just signing a contract, Brandon Ingram. um, And they have CJ McCollum now. Like, if the Nets wanted, you know, Zion, I don't know. If I was the... Pelicans, I would trade Zion for KD. I mean, who knows if Zion will ever amount to anything. He's been hurt a lot. If somehow that would work out, I mean, a team with Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, and KD, that's a threat. That's, that's pretty legit. So, I don't know. Tyler, your thoughts on the KD-Kyrie situation, uh, you know, where they may or may not go, slash, as our the other Laker fan. I don't know, James, you didn't really mention this, but the Kyrie to L.A. Lakers possibility.
0: Yeah, I think it's just crazy with the whole Brooklyn Nets situation. You know, that big three of Harden, Katie, and uh, Kyrie, how like they played what, like 12 games together the whole time. Like they never really established themselves and they were supposed to be this juggernaut in the East that never really came to fruition. And, you know, obviously they treated Harden last season and then now we got all this drama going on now. It's it's just pretty crazy how that just never worked um, for them. Um, I agree with you guys with, you know, I think the NBA has a real problem with players just demanding and seems to have so much power just like if they're just fed up and the one little problem pops up, they can just kind of leave and go wherever. Um, I don't like that um, as a fan. I don't, I, I, I like seeing players, you know, establish themselves with a team and, you know, try and make it work. I think I think that's commendable. Um, so it's, it, 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 it's unfortunate for those guys. Um, in terms of the Lakers, you know, I feel like them going after Kyrie, I think honestly makes sense just because like, they only got what a year or two left of like LeBron James, probably being a championship level caliber. And if they want a sliver of a chance to even come out of the West, I feel like Kyrie is the only realistic option they can win right now. Like even with Kyrie, like they are still not going to be a top five team in the West probably, Um, but at least they will be hopefully a playoff contender and a playoff team. And then you never know what can happen after that. But they right now, sitting right now, like you only, like I said, I think LeBron is trying to get at least one more championship under his belt and wants to be competitive. I feel like this Kyrie opportunity is the best opportunity to get there right now. I don't see them being able to do that really any other way that's as quick. So there's obviously a risk with Kyrie and everything that's going on with that. And like, who knows how you're going to trade for him? Like, I don't know how much assets the Lakers really have at the moment. Um, but I feel like they're going to do everything they can to possibly get them. I think it's, I think it just makes sense. I think they're desperate to try and compete. Um, so For me, like, I'm expecting the Lakers to make every push to get Kyrie.
3: Yeah, I mean, this – yeah, this is LeBron James' last year um, on his current deal with the Lakers, and there are rumblings about, you know, whether he will, you know, stay. He's going to be 38, I think, this year. This is his 20th season. I mean, obviously, LeBron is probably the best in shape athlete and kept his body better than any athlete, possibly other than maybe Tom Brady. Like, those two – are kind of the best at it. Like, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he's still doing it. I mean, we saw Kobe, you know, play this this long and he was breaking down and you can't deny Kobe's work ethic. So maybe it's just God given luck or whatever. But um, yeah, he probably wants to get one more. If I was, you know, if I was a betting man, which I guess I kind of am, uh, you know, I bet LeBron would like to get five, and have as many as Kobe. I mean, the chances he gets six and matches MJ is pretty unlikely at this point, but I bet him matching Kobe is something that would be important to him. So we'll, we'll have to see. Um, I mean, again, even with Kyrie, I think they will have to be a third team in there. Someone's going to have to take Russell Westbrook. I mean, they won. I mean, literally can't do it without getting rid of his money just based on the cap situation. So You know we'll we'll keep an eye on it, and obviously once these guys get traded, or if eventually you know the Nets say nope, we're keeping them and we're running it back, we will discuss that later. Um, So moving on to probably the next biggest move, um, the Stifle Tower, as he's called because he is French and plays defense and is tall. I don't know, whatever. Uh, Rudy Gobert gets traded from the Utah Jazz to the Minnesota Timberwolves for. The entire farm like the the entire farm so malik Beasley, patrick beverly jared vanderbilt leandro bulmaro the number 22 pick and four first rounders are going from minnesota to utah and then you know minnesota gets rudy gobert to pair with anthony edwards carl anthony towns d'angelo russell so trade let's let's start with you this time The Minnesota Timberwolves are kind of a joke of a franchise. They've kind of been one of those teams that just can never figure it out. They squeaked into the playoffs this year. I can't remember now. Um, what Where does this put them in the Western Conference? I mean, are they up there with the Mavs, the Grizzlies, your Golden State Warriors, or just, and just what do you think about this trade in
2: general? Um. Uh- I'm a little confused, <laughs> um, mostly because again, I, I I had brought this up earlier., uh, they sold everybody yeah, everybody. I mean they they sold their next, I think their next two or three first round picks, and they're unprotected. unfucking protected. They're like if 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 they're a lot if that's a lottery pick, you're giving up the lottery pick. <laughs> uh assuming that let's make the assumption that it doesn't if it doesn't work out um with that said isn't carl anthony towns a center yeah
3: he's more of like a
2: stretch for center okay because on online they call him a center and they and grudy gobert is a center so it's like why the fuck are you have two bigs that are sent i just I, I guess i don't understand basketball um i i I, I this is a gamble of if I've ever seen one and I guess if you're looking for at your French at your uh, fan base and look and saying hey you want us to go in here's what we're going to do this is how you do it but and I know that he's a fantastic player but I, I, this is this is a gamble because I just think that I don't even know that this puts him in the in the top three like I, I just don't know yet I, I, I it's a risk I mean it's not it's not a for sure bet that you're going to be in, you're going to be in the top three and you have that, and you have a pretty strong uh, Western conference at the top end. It's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a strong juggernaut uh, up there. So I I, I, I don't know how he's going to fit. I don't know. You know, I, I did read that, you know, the league's kind of getting smaller and it seems like this is a big guy. So they're kind of going the other direction. So I'm just kind of all, I, I just don't get it, especially the, the amount that they gave up. It just seems very, I mean I guess I guess you're going you know that someone said it you're going against the grain of, of what typically you know what you typically do and maybe this is maybe they're just trying something to to spark you know to show that hey that it can be done and we're going to spark something different but I you know I, I just think it's too big of a gamble considering you have just such a strong Western conference at the top end. Um, you know the suns are amazing the warriors I think are going to be competitive again um, and you know the the mavericks look good. Um, so you know also you have to look at the east i mean are you are, they're kind of going all in and we saw the celtics are are the celtics are going to be really good next year uh you got the bucks who are always good i just i don't know i, I think it's a big gamble that i don't think it will pay off
3: yeah it kind of feels almost like a um here carl anthony towns look we're doing something also here is uh 200 plus million dollars the max Uh, please stay here and be the face of our franchise and we'll try. I mean, inevitably it will make them better, at least defensively. I mean, obviously Rudy Gobert is a three-time defensive player of the year award winner. Like you don't just luck into that. Um, He's never been a real scoring threat, but they don't really need that with, you know, who they've got on that squad. But yeah, I don't, I kind of agree with you, Trayden. I don't know if this really like pole vaults them like above maybe these top five teams in the Western Conference like if I don't like I don't even know if they're better than a Lakers team with a if, if big if with LeBron and AD being healthy like I don't I don't know if they are but uh Tyler the Timberwolves have you know been bad pretty much since KG was there um you know I guess same just kind of same question you're just your thoughts on the Gobert trade and then I guess on the Jazz side like what they got back for it yeah. I mean, I think
0: the Timberwolves are playing this trade. Like they're a big market team. I mean, they're tra- trading a lot of, you know, key young pieces, try and go for it. I think I kind of agree a little bit with trading. I think it was a little bit of a reach just timing wise. Um, I kind of would have liked maybe, I don't know, a couple more years doing something like that, where they feel like they finished kind of in that top five, maybe of the Western conference. And then like really made that step to up, you know, go into the top three. I think it makes sense. But I think with how much they gave up, which how, mu- how much, they actually jumped in, in like potential of, of the Western conference. I don't know if it was really worth it. I'm obviously we'll kind of see what happens. I think his potential will be pretty good. Like, I think they're definitely now like some a team to consider as a, as a contender in the West, but um, it's going to be risky. Like it, it may not work. And if it doesn't work, it's really going to be really catastrophic for that franchise. Um, I think the Utah jazz, I think got a lot, a lot of good piece of return. I think they played it the right way. Um, they're going to be set up for the future for a long time. And I think, Utah Jazz, that's kind of how they are. You know, they're, they're more of a small market team and played like a small market team that Timberwolves are trying to be big market. Um, so we see if it works out. So definitely high risk, high reward type situation. Um, but interesting, you know, I think Timberwolves have been pretty much, you know, um, irrelevant for such a long time. Um, so I think now they got at least one year that I think we'll be talking about them for a little bit. Hopefully it's longer, but I guess for that fan base, maybe it's worth it because they're for so long, they just don't give a shit about them.
3: Yeah. I mean, they've pretty much been a bottom feeder for a really long time um, or, you know, trying to squeak into the playoffs, never quite make it. So uh, and then, James, on the Utah side. So what do you think? You know, they've they pretty much picked. There was all these, again, more rumblings about superstars not getting along and Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, uh, which really leads back to when Rudy Gobert stopped the NBA when he got COVID and touched everything like a fucking idiot. Um so what do you think about what Utah got back? What do you think about them, you know, building around Donovan Mitchell um, and just, you know, where where Utah's going from here? Because, you know, they were on the cusp was being a really good team for these last three years and just never quite could be better than Golden State or Houston or any – or the Lakers for a little bit there. So what, what do you think about Utah? I think Utah had a steal. Um, everybody knows that Rudy
1: Gobert and Donovan Mitchell didn't get along. And when you have a disgruntled superstar – not happy with somebody else, you know that other person's got to get out of town. And so Utah got so much more back for somebody that they could have potentially got at a discount because you know that Rudy Gobert's gone. There's no way he stays another season with that team. So I have no idea how they pulled that off, but props to them and their GM. Like, oh, my God, y'all did great. Uh, In terms of where they're going to be at, they're going to get a little worse, and it'll take a little bit of time for them to get back to where they were because losing Rudy Gobert is huge. Let's not get shit twisted. The Minnesota Timberwolves got better by adding Rudy Gobert. The Utah Jazz got worse by losing Rudy Gobert and adding Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley is hot and cold. Pat Bev is just a a rat. Like he's nothing more than energy and just annoyance. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is going to have to carry that team, and he won't get reinforcements until those first-round picks come and take shape. It'll take some time. And so is Donovan Mitchell going to be okay with that? He's going to have to be. They're going to build around him, but he had, at this point you're not a contender right now. You're dropping in rankings after losing Rudy Gobert. Somebody else has got to step up. I don't know who that's going to be. There, other than Rudy Gobert, they are a pretty soft team. Like Joe Ingles, soft. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, pretty soft. I'm sorry, but your toughness is gone, and Patrick Beverly can't sustain that for the rest of his life. Uh, so they're not going to. It's not. Utah Jazz got worse but that'll be better over time. It's going to
3: be the fact of can Donovan Mitchell sustain that for the time being. Yeah. I mean, Utah pretty much got a trade trade package, like what the Pelicans got for Anthony Davis, but instead of getting Anthony Davis, the Timberwolves got Rudy Gobert. Uh, and no disrespect Rudy Gobert, but you're not Anthony Davis. Sorry about it. Um, yeah. Utah's dropping. Um, it was probably a good move. I mean, the West was getting better. They were not, you know, The Mavs have jumped them. The Grizzlies had jumped them. Denver, if they're healthy, is probably better than them. Golden State is better than them. The Lakers kind of feel – the Lakers and the Clippers are kind of outliers' health point right now. So Utah, I mean, I think you made a good move. Um, You know, you were not going to win with this pairing. So sometimes you just got to reset. That's just how it works in, you know, in the modern game. So – um, hopefully Donovan Mitchell doesn't get too disgruntled and pulls a KD and asks out, but now he's the face of that franchise. And don't forget he's got Dwayne Wade as a partial owner to help guide him in being a face of a franchise. So I'd rather have Dwayne Wade as a part owner than A-Rod in Minnesota. So we're not out there. Um, okay. Last one, um, your James's Boston Celtics, as he uh, likes to call them his shiny new toy from like two ago. <laughs> Uh, they got another shiny new toy, um, huge move for them. So they traded uh, for Malcolm Brogdon from the Indiana Pacers. Pacers got like five players in another first round pick. I mean, the, I mean, obviously the Celtics were just in the NBA finals. They lost in six, to the Warriors, but does this now, James, we'll go right back to you. Um, does this make the Celtics in your eyes, the favorite in the East? I mean, obviously we've got a lot, a lot going on still, but as of yeah. July 5th. Yeah. I mean,
1: like last week, I said they were still the favorite. I said they were going to be number one or two in the East. And this just cements it for me. Um, Malcolm Brogdon has been forgotten about a little bit because he was with like the Pacers, like a team that nobody knows about really. And <laughs> he's a good player. Like when he was with the Bucks, he was so good. And the fact that they let him walk for Eric Bledsoe was huge in so many people's eyes. Um, he's the kind of guy who brings like ball handling, passing, leadership, scoring, shooting, just always not a very well-known guy, but everybody in Boston is going to embrace him and love him. He's going to be great. Um, he's instantly coming. He's going to be coming off the bench. Cause I don't think he takes Marcus spots, Marcus Smart's spot. Uh, but if the Celtics want to go small starts Malcolm Brogdon and Marcus smart, or if they want to take, if they want to be more offensive minded, put in Malcolm Brogdon, he can do so much to help this team and facilitate that. Uh, they, in the finals, the Celtics kind of liked him offense because Marcus Smart isn't an offensive guy. He's a defensive guy. Malcolm Brogdon is right there. If he comes off the bench, he can facilitate that second unit. They didn't have a point guard on the second unit. Now they do. This is a team that's going to be firing on all cylinders at all times. It's going to be insane to watch. The Bucks are going to be hard to beat, yes. The Heat are going to be hard to beat. The Nets are going to fall way down after all we just went through. It's going to be a
3: three- to four-team race in the East. And the Celtics are definitely at the forefront of that. Yeah. I mean, you know, basketball has kind of lost its traditional positions. Like we were just talking about Carl Anthony towns. Like it's, it's sort of just none of it really makes sense anymore. So like, you can just put, you know, Brown Tatum, Brogdon, Smart and Horford on the floor at once and just say, you're all talented, figure it out. Um, Which wouldn't surprise me if it did. I mean, yeah, Malcolm, people forget he won rookie of the year in Milwaukee. They let him go to Indiana it didn't just really work out there. Um, you know, Indiana kind of faltered, they traded some pieces away. So they're in a full rebuild. they will be shit next year. Um, but yeah, this is a huge pickup for that Celtics team, James, just like you mentioned it, this gives them a very, you know, reliable third scoring option when smart and Horford are kind of wishy washy on the scoring aspect. So, um, I, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think Boston is in, you know, in a position to be a very, very good team again. Um, Tyler, again, kind of the same question, thought on thoughts on Malcolm Brogdon, how that will work with within the Celtics.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's a great trade for Boston. I mean, we talked about after the finals, or whatever. How I think at least I felt like Boston really needed to add just some more depth to really be that next level of contender, and I think they they nailed that so far um, with 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 this trade. So um, I think they're going to be great. I think they're they've really now, at least for me, as you as you kind of alluded to, like cemented themselves as probably the favorite to win the East now. Um, I think they're, 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 up there with the heat and, and, and the bucks right now, um, with, with, with the, with the Eastern conference, I, I, I think it's gonna be fantastic. I think it'd be a great fit. Um, they might even be the favorite to win the whole thing after next year, after this, with, with this uh, trade. I think, I think it, he fits it perfectly with that system. Um, well, well done Boston. Great job.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously it seemed like Boston had a, you know, a fair amount of, um, I don't know, starstruck, whatever you want to call it in the finals, like their young guys did not perform that well. So if they make it back, if they get back there that far, they will have obviously had this experience, but that's something Malcolm Brogdon has not really had trading. Is that something, you know, I think everyone can kind of agree that this is a good trade for Boston, but I guess on that aspect and then your general
2: thoughts, like is that a little bit
3: of a worry for the Celtics with, with Brogdon?
2: No, I, I'm not worried about that. I, I say that because there, this happens all the time. I mean, you you bring in a guy that enhances your depth, you put him around guys that have that have gained the experience, and you, he'll 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 catch up. It, it's it the problem is is if there's too many of those players that don't have the experience, but you have an entire team that you have, um, you know, to kind of support him and help him through that. And then, he, I, like James said, this guy's versatile. This guy can kind of fit into he's he's kind of a, a jack of all trades right so and you need those types of players that's what enhances your depth that's the kind of that, that's this is the kind of move that i absolutely applaud and it's, it's a protected first round pick a few other a, a few other players um i mean this is the kind of pick that a celtics team that just lost the that that just lost the finals have no issues with the def- with with um defense but they enhanced their defense they had issues with some playmaking they had some issues with some some depth they addressed that they addressed all that and this is this is a perfect perfect fucking move from uh in my eye and they're probably not even done so um I, I i applaud it i i don't really worry about the lack of experience because quite frankly the rest of them have it and um you know unless we unless we were dealing with a with you know three or four star- uh, starters that that didn't have that experience I'd be a little worried but these guys just made it to uh to game six of a of a of a final so I'm, I'm not too worried about that
3: yeah uh yeah I mean I agree I think you know I think Brogdon has enough experience he's been in the league long enough maybe he'll have a couple hiccups or whatever but Um, the Celtics are definitely positioning themselves to repeat as Eastern conference champs. Now we'll just have to see if, you know, Miami or either Philly or Milwaukee, try to, you know, counter this by bringing you know, another, another star in or something. So the East, the East is going to be very interesting this year. Um, we've got, you know, probably next week, we'll talk about some of these lesser deals unless something else crazy happens, um. But Ty, that's all I got for basketball this week, even though there's 12 million other players that have changed teams. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you,
0: Alex. Yeah, a lot to talk about the NBA. Um, obviously, that like Kyrie and Katie is going to be the talk of the summer, I think, with the NBA free agency and everything that's going on with that. Um, so I'm sure we'll have more to discuss in the future. But uh, for now, that's it for basketball. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about board games. Uh, it's hockey offseason. So we're, we're talking about some random <laughs> shit with trading. Uh, so, so stick around. back everybody everyone likes board games um, we get together with friends and family um i think we all have experienced uh being around the table and as trade alluded to in the group chat maybe things are getting a little bit uh competitive and heated during these times so i'm sure we're looking forward to ranking our top three favorite war games of all time so trade what do we got
2: Yes. Um, you know, I was sitting, I was sitting the other day trying to figure out what we were going to, what I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, I thought maybe we could start some kind of off season thing for the NHL, but I'm sure everyone's burnt out on the NHL. It was a very, very long season. So um, I am, you know, I'm done with that for a bit. And I thought maybe we could just kind of, you know, sl- slow up a little bit, have some, have some fun. It's summertime. So there's a lot of vacation. We're seeing a lot of family and friends. And everybody loves to gather around and have uh, a, you know, play a board game together. Uh, and that, and I'm like, I, I know my family does. So I figured, why don't we, why don't we discuss them? Um, I will say this, I will preface this whole thing with saying we're, board games are not necessarily meant to play on a table. I mean, just kind of games you play with family in your home or outside, I guess in outside in some respects, but usually it's a game that you play inside. Um, and I say that because I'm, you know, I was asked, you know what is a criteria, and I just kind of expanded it to what you would play in your home with with friends and family. So, um, we're gonna start with number three. Uh, James, let's start with you, buddy. What is your third top board game? Beer die. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let it slide.
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding, I, I have Monopoly as number three. It's a classic game. I mean, like you play it. Everybody plays. Everyone knows how to play it. Do you ever finish it? No, rarely. But it's it's up there because you play. Everybody knows what it's about, and you can always reference Monopoly. That's number three.
2: Yeah, Monopoly, uh Monopoly's tough. Monopoly is a great game. It's just, it's just very, very long. Um, but I mean, my favorite one is very, very long. So I guess I can't really say that. But uh it's a good one. It definitely, definitely flips uh flips boards when uh when shit gets out of hand, especially when you're going down Murder's row with like three hotels and like four houses on two different properties. So it gets pretty intense. uh uh, uh Alex, what do you got?
3: Uh shout out to Tyler's lovely fiance Jess for reminding me about this game because I kind of forgot about it, but I do love it. Um, and it's Telestrations. I don't Ooh. know if you've ever played this one before, but it's kind of like an updated version of Pictionary a little bit. So you like you get a prompt, you draw the picture, you pass it off, and it's like a whole group thing. And then the next person has to guess what you just drew. And then as it goes on, then that person has to draw what that next person guessed. <laughs> uh, so it goes off the rails very quickly. Uh, which is always a good time and then plus because I am a child uh, I will inevitably try to draw a penis on my picture somewhere (laughs) just hide that in there uh, for my own enjoyment so um, and it go that game's super fun it's great with like a big group Um, especially if you guys like if you don't know each other super well yeah you know there's nothing you have to like know people like know people super well so
2: i like telestration that's fun yeah, that that, that remind like it, it's basically putting pictionary and telephone together right like that yeah, game telephone. yeah that's exactly what know. it was
3: yeah
2: <laughs> telephone was always fun to just play as kids and you know doing it with drawings i can't imagine that i fucking hate to draw so i'm terrible oh, yeah, no, my drawing is
3: terrible but like, the game is <laughs> super fun. but i
2: guess that's all part of the fun yeah
0: that sounds like a great game i need to play that um tyler yeah telestration is phenomenal i mean i've cried from laughter so many times playing that game it's phenomenal so if you guys haven't tried it yet please play Chelsea it's great I was gonna put that in my top three but I know you're gonna take it um so my number three is gonna be Twister all right everyone loves this game uh it's just it's so silly um especially for people who are unflexible like me it's, it's <laughs> really entertaining uh you get to kind of get out of your seat a little bit move around a little bit try and be somewhat you know athletic and flexible um, it's definitely a good challenge and it's, just, it's just fun, you know, and it's silly and you'll just, you'll get tangled and it's just, it's hilarious. Um, so it's definitely a fun game, a little bit more, um, kind of just, you know, kind of moving your body a little bit more, which is kind of the most fun. A lot of board games don't really incorporate that as much. Um, so I think Twister for me is number three.
2: Love it. Love it. Uh, that game, that game is always a classic. Uh, it is quite, quite hilarious. So, uh, you know, that, that's a great pick you, you, so why I pre- prefaced it was saying a house game, Tyler, you had asked me if Twister counts as a board game. I'm counting it as a board game.
0: I think we as a board. I, game. I, I,
2: <laughs> I'm glad you actually had something else, but, uh mine. Look, the these these lists for me, this list would like change every month or every you know couple months for me. But right now, um, I'm going way back to a game that you guys are really, like rolling your eyes. Mine's backgammon. Uh, I say that because I say that because basically it's a game that you can play anywhere. I mean, as long as you have the, as long as you have the board, you don't really need a large area. You don't need a large table. You can put it on a, you can put it on the floor and play. Uh, And it's, and it's a game that is very easy to understand. Um, And, you know, once at first it looks intimidating, but once you understand how it works, it's very, very, uh, very, very easy. Um, Anybody can play it and you can get, you can, Understand a bit more strategy as you as you um, as you play the game uh, more and more. Um, that's why I love, really like it. And they're quick. They're usually pretty quick. Except the other day, Kylie and I had probably a 45 minute game just because we were just trying to trap each other the whole time. So it was, it was a shit show. Uh, but usually they they're like 15 minutes, so that's always nice. Um, you can play them in go, Teslas too. Fun and you can play them in Teslas. So there you go. Uh, we're gonna go snake draft style. Tyler, what's your second?
0: All right. Uh my number two is more of a typical traditional board game. Uh I'm gonna go with Clue. Uh, this oh, okay. was a game when I was younger. There was like a in elementary school, we had like a it was like a, a board game club kind of thing. Um for you would for nerdy kids like me who just like to do that kind of stuff. Um and Clue was the game that I always loved to play when I was a kid. Um I just always thought it was super fun. Um I like begged my parents to get it to play with our family, and eventually they did. And, and they all loved it too so definitely more of a sentimental one for me um i've always just loved loved that mm-hmm. game i think it's fun it's different every time too it's kind of fun because you never know what character you're going to get or kind of what role you kind of fall into um so you can play it you know five times in a row and it kind of turns out differently every time so um i think i'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with clue as my as number two
2: clue is a classic um i mean you can't you can't go wrong with that one um uh, you know it, it, it's always, it's always uh it's always a great time when when you when you're all just trying to solve the crime even if you're solving the crime to find out you did the murder which is always <laughs> fun. <laughs> oh i guess i did <laughs> uh, alex what do you got
3: i'm also going sentimental uh i'm also kind of straying from the board game aspect but it's card game so i'm gonna that yeah that's, sound, that's my mind uh so i'm going with rummy or like gin rummy. Okay. Some people play it a little different <clears throat> and that's kind of fun um I mean, for me, like sentimentally wise, I used to play it with both of my grandmothers whenever I would go visit. Um, and Ashley and I also play it together now quite a bit, but she had different family rules. So that was like a, we had to decide which rules to go with. Uh, we're trying to play a game to like 100,000 and we're at like thirty thousand right now. This has been like a multiple year thing. I've got like a notes app on my phone keeping track uh but i quit because she was beating me by too much and fuck that so um but i love rummy and it's same thing you can play a lot of hands really quickly um you know you can play with two people you can play with a bunch of people so uh
2: rummy is my number two um alex have you played five crowns nope never heard of it fantastic rummy version um it's you can get it anywhere it's it's two deck game with five suits they add in another suit um but it works the same way it's extremely fun um easy to play wherever we played it in hawaii every night so uh you know it's a great time so check that out if you're into rummy, uh james what's your number two
1: i like how tyler or not tyler
2: but alex said his
1: was sentimental mine is not mine (laughs) i just learned how to play maybe two days ago but it's a variation of rummy it's called phase 10 and it's also a card game um but it the concept is the same. You have 10, there's 10 different phases you have to go through. You have to go through one phase at a time. You discard it based off the phase you're in. And you just, you go one phase at a time and you whoever gets the last phase, the least amount of points wins. I played it probably six times in the last two days and it's a lot of fun. Definitely not reminiscent of anything because it's very, very new. It's like my shiny new toy, like the Boston Celtics. Uh, but
2: phase 10, really fun. So how does that, come? you've played five crowns. How does that compare? It seems similar. It is. It's um. It's very similar, uh, just different cards. Because you have card. five suits, and in phase ten, you don't, you do not. So, got it. Okay, all right. Had to ask. Uh, my number two um, as a game that is quite interesting, considering the environment we are in, um, it is Pandemic. Mm. Um, I love Pandemic because it's such a unique game in that you are not competing against other anybody else except the game itself. You are with you and your, your team are trying to basically eradicate three different or four different, depending on the, uh, if you have it, um, the expansion packs, um, uh, uh you know, viruses that are, you know, going around the world. Um, it is very interesting. Each role has a different, uh, has a, you know, has different abilities. Um, every, it's a different game every single time with a lot of different random chance and, and, and a very tough game, depending on, um, you know, how difficult you set it up. It can be a very, very hard game, um, but it's a great way to build teamwork in my opinion and, and, and talk things through and understand each other. So that's a good one for uh, team building. If, if you're looking for a game um, in that realm, James, what is your top game board game or card game or house game so this one is complicated um it's a
1: game called terraforming mars it's very nuanced i don't know if anybody's ever really heard of it um it's like one of those board games you find at target it's like 60 bucks because so many pieces but it's a game about building um you basically start you start like a civilization on mars and you start to add stuff and resources and you go from there to see how much until you win essentially but if you know me i like to build things i like to start something from the ground up i like to see how it grows over time and that's this is a perfect game for me i love it it just takes a long it's like a three to four hour game but it's a lot of fun
2: i love that i love those types of games um you we're gonna have to play that sometime you'll have to bring it over um alex what's your number one board? yeah
3: um and shout out to you because i love pandemic that game is very fun but it's pretty tough um i'm gonna give myself an honorable mention uh you never said we could do that but i don't know you can uh, just any like trivia board games, like true pursuit. Wow. I love those ones. Um, they're super fun. Um, but I'm just going to go with straight up, just like poker, have a poker night with boys or blackjack or whatever. Um, I, I love doing that. Um, you know, I'll always be the one to deal. And I have super, I have a lot of fun always playing that. And some definitely some memorable, some memorable days, um, maybe off air. I can tell you guys a funny Tyler story. when uh, We played poker in college. It's not quite appropriate enough Yeah. Yeah, that's 100 what I'm talking about. <laughs> we we talk about that later. Um,
2: but uh, yeah, I, I just love a good poker night. I can't wait for that story. Poker is fantastic. Um, yeah, did you lose a lot of money, or do you play much, or play for much money? Uh,
3: we know I never usually play for like too much money because, like, I don't want people. Well, if it's James playing, I would love to take James's money. That's probably my favorite pastime. <laughs> Um, why <laughs> because whatever we bet i always win <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a fair point i think yeah. i won once <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but even if you're not playing for money even if you're just like dicking around and having beers and snacks and stuff like i you know it's always a good time
2: that is a good time i like that i, le- I can't wait for that story and as um pertains to your uh, honorable mention trivia fucking hate trivia because i'm an idiot so uh I, I you know it's 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 interesting finding out what the you know the answers are but i couldn't give you any answer because i'm a fucking idiot uh tyler what's your number one board game My
0: i number one is cards against humanity oh, yeah. um, this is a more of a modern uh popular one um i think with our generation especially i think it's it's grown pretty well and you know i from the First time I ever played it, um, I just, I fell in love with it. It's so funny. Um, it's so ridiculous. Uh, it's just so many laughs. Um, it, people, it just, it's hilarious. And uh, I've I've probably collected, like, I don't even know how many expansion packs over over the years. I got that giant-ass box of cards that, you know, I'll probably have, like, five or six ex- expansion packs from Cards Against Humanity. So I've collected a lot of the packs. Um, it's especially fun because you can always add to it. Uh, so it's fun to kind of get that new pack and just see all the new jokes and all the new crazy things they say. Uh, like I said, and then it's one of those games too where it's always a little bit different. You know, like there's so there's some matches that you know um, there's a, there, there's always that one card that seems to always win, but depending on the question, it can make it even better. So um, like I said, that it always has good laughs. Maybe not necessarily always the best family game, depending on <laughs> who your family is. Uh, it can get a little awkward if you do that, but certainly with 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 friends of like-mindedness and humor it's definitely a great time
2: yeah it that that is a fantastic game um i think i think it's kind of a spin-off of apples to apples apples to apples is a friendly like a family friendly version yeah um there's also have you guys played what do you meme very similar situation with the with the memes it's that's fucking hilarious too (laughs) um especially if you're good at the at the gifts or the in the memes um my top one and it will this game will never drop this game will always be my favorite ever since i i was introduced to it it is the settlers of Catan. uh that is my ultimate favorite game and i have put a lot of money into it because it's expensive to get the game and then i have almost every single expansion and the ability to play with up to six people on every single expansion um and it is it is a game that my family play. Every time they come over um, multiple games, we have, we have forgot to cook the Thanksgiving dinner one time uh, a few years ago because we had played so many fucking games and we're like, Oh shit, it's eight o'clock. We gotta, we gotta cook. Um, So it, it's a game that you just get so wrapped up in. And with the amount of expansions and, and different scenarios you can create um, it, you know, it, there's, it's never boring. It's always different. Um, And you're always learning. And so that, that game by far is just, um the, the, the pinnacle of of board games in my opinion um but all those are great games all i love i love almost every single one of those games monopoly james is a little tough for me um just because um it's i suck so <laughs> you know that that's part of it um but other than that um board games are i, I absolutely love board games um and so i had to I, I had to do this um and it was very fun um so try out a couple of these games if you haven't or you know Maybe give us give us some new games to try. Uh, I, I think we're always open to try something new. So
0: that's all I got this week. Nice and easy. Love it. Um, yeah, let us guys let us know what your top three favorite board games are, and uh, maybe we'll try some of them out. Um, I think that's always fun to try new games as well. So thank you, Trading, for that uh, fun segment. Um, and when we come back, we're gonna finish off the podcast. Uh, we're going back to fantasy football once again with our boy James. We're talking top ten wide receivers when we come back. back everybody we're rounding out episode 105 with another top 10 fantasy player ranking with james and we're talking wide receivers this week james what do we got yeah wide receivers this week last week we had running backs if you guys
1: missed that go ahead and tune into last week's episode or just wait till i publish the results on instagram which yeah. i have to get the guys um picks for but it'll happen eventually sooner rather than later i hope number one for number one overall for the fantasy top 10 wide receivers is probably going to be Cooper cup for everybody. Am I right? Or am I right?
2: Wrong.
3: Yes. Cooper cup really? from your super bowl champion Rams. I think we need to put that out there. Just a reminder to everybody that the Rams won the super bowl. I believe in Cooper cup.
0: I believe in Cooper.
1: Cup. And so we got two yeses as number one overall. Ty, uh, Trayton has somebody else.
2: Yeah. Because I just don't, I, you know, I, I, I don't want, okay. Yeah. Whatever. It's, it's Cooper cup. It's fine. <laughs> do, you have, do you have Cooper cup or what? I don't, but I know I'm just going to get beat to hell. So just, it's (laughs) just not worth the argument whatsoever. Cooper cup. Number one consensus, easy. Number two, Trayton, who do you have? Cooper cup, but um, I'll say number two is Justin Jefferson, uh, Minnesota Vikings. Um, I, I I know this is kind of crazy, but Justin Jefferson has an ability to just, um, you know, find, you know, beat coverage find his routes and he's tough to take down after he has the ball, which which makes him such a formidable threat. Um, there's not, I, I know there's a bit of competition there in, in, in uh, Minnesota, in terms of interior targeting, but I just find Jeff, Justin Jefferson's very young. Um, he's already amassed 3000 yards, which is second uh, or which is more than o, um, OBJ and who's second on that list after year three. So that's quite impressive that he's amassed that many yards. He's going to continue to improve. Um, and we could see him hit the top spot after this year, if, um, you know, if if my if I had
0: actually said that he's number one, but I didn't because I didn't want to argue. <laughs> uh, Tyler, what do you have? <laughs> I got Jamar Chase at number two. Um, I think you just I just like everything about this guy. I think he's got a lot going for him in terms of his projections. He's younger. Um, I think he, we saw him last year break out there. Um, with with uh, Joe Burrow. I think that combination is is, is lethal. I don't see it, it for any reason why it would slow down again. I think they're only going to get better. Um, so I like I like uh, Jamar Chase at number two. Alex, what do you have?
3: I have Justin Jefferson also at number two. I mean, he's just a monster. And think about what, what Justin Jefferson could be if he had somebody not named Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. Like if he had like a, even like a top 10 guy, that guy would be a monster. But, um, you know, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, I think they're going to be very close. So Trade and I I get I get what you're saying. Justin Jefferson is a monster. Alex, I agree with you. I have Justin Jefferson
1: at number two as well. Uh Trade had mentioned that there's a competition for targets. And I, I don't think there is that much anymore. Adam Fielding's good, but he's another year older and another year of just injuries. Once again, it's going to be the Justin Jefferson show, and it's no longer a long run for his offense. Justin Jefferson, like Alex said, is going to be in competition for number one overall. Moving on to number three.
3: Alex, who do you got? Number three is where I have Jamar Chase. Um, you know, pretty much what Tyler just said about Jamar Chase. Um, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of worry about him coming into the season. He had a lot of drops in the preseason. When he got to the regular season, he was just like, just kidding, guys. I was just messing with you. Uh, and decided to be incredible. Um, and yeah, you know, both he and Joe Burrow are still very young and they just have now another season to grow together. So um Jamar Chase is also going to be a great wide receiver this year. Surprise,
1: surprise. I agree with you once again with three for three. Jamar Chase the number three overall for me because he's only had 128 targets last season. This year he's going to have probably 140 plus.
0: Just imagine how many points he can amass with that many more targets. Tyler, what do you got number three? Uh, this is where I got Justin Jefferson. It was tough between uh, him and Chase. I think that you could really flip flop make case for both of those. Um, I just went uh, Justin Jefferson here because I, I just feel like um like i said the quarterback probably not as elite as a leader as um, athletic i feel like just that uh pairing with uh, chase and burrow is just a little bit better so that's the only reason why i put justin jefferson one spot under but there's no question that justin Jefferson is elite talent i think any of these top three you can argue for number one so you, you, you can't go wrong with any of them but um i put justin jefferson at three for me Traden, who do you have at number three
2: i'm with you guys uh it's jamar chase that I, you know, the Joe Burrow is actually going to have a stronger offensive line. <laughs> so that, that helps, um, you know, Jamar chase is just so formidable. He could easily be number one after all this is said and done at number four, Tyler, who do you have?
0: I got Debo Samuel at number four. Um, I know there's a lot going on with him. I know a oh lot of God. people are, are staying away from him, but you can't deny this guy's talent. You can't deny what this guy can bring uh, um, especially when it comes to fancy points. I mean, the, the, this guy's legit. Um, so I, again, a little bit of a reach there, number four, but that's what we like to do here at TLDR is make things interesting. So, Debo Samuel four. Yeah, I 100% disagree with that one. Alex, who is number four for you?
1: Yeah,
3: it's not Debo Samuel. Uh, to Thank make you. it interesting, he's not even in my top 10. So, wow, uh, just putting that out there. Uh, for my number four, I have you know, probably now we're getting into the most veteran guy on the list so far. That is your new Las Vegas Raider, Devontae Adams. Um, He's, you know, he is still obviously a great player. I'm expecting a little bit of a drop from him. Um, you know, obviously not playing with Aaron Rodgers anymore, but I still think he can be a very, very good wide receiver. Um, and I don't see any reason why he cannot be in the top five again. Um, I know people hate on Derek Carr, but uh, I got Devontae Adams number four.
1: Trey, who's number four?
2: I have Devontae Adams here too. Um, I know that he's good friends with Derek Carr. I know that that doesn't necessarily translate on the field, but, Um, You just think that there's a bit of a chemistry there Um, that's going to help the guy when he's healthy. The guy, the guy averages over 90 yards per game um, in his last three in three of his last four seasons, which is absolutely um, impeccable. Um, He gets open throughout, you know, throughout um, throughout the field. He's reliable. And I just think that, you know, he's he's safely number four. And my number four, I have Mike Evans, Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
1: Tom Brady's going to throw and Mike Evans has zero competition. Chris Cobbins still with an ACL. Gronk retired. AB is gone. Russell Gage is there now. Wow. He's not going to command a lot. Mike Evans is going to have a lot of points because he's going to be the only one targeted. At number five, I have Devontae Adams. He slipped from four to five for me because of the fact that he went to Las Vegas. Aaron Rodgers really carried that guy, to be honest. Let's be real. like He's an elite talent, but he's not going to get the same 30-plus percent target share that he got in Green Bay. Because now in Las Vegas, you got Devontae Adams. You have some other, you saw Josh Jacobs there. There's a lot, or, or you have you have Devontae Adams, but you also have Darren Waller, who is a great tight end. It's going to be hard to do. And I get that he has great chemistry with Derek Carr, but I have yet to see that translate to the field in an NFL setting. In college, they were great. NFL is a different beast. Trade who is number five?
2: Number 5 is Stefan Diggs from the uh, Buffalo Bills. Uh, Stefan Diggs, it, I mean that that's Josh Allen's favorite outlet and you are only going to think that that's going to continue to 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 uh, to go. Josh Allen, I'm I'm on the ba- I'm on the 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 bandwagon that that uh Alex drives. Um I'm right there with you. Um you know, being your uh your second your second year uh the guy that helps with the navigation. Um, <laughs> so he, you know, Stefan Diggs E- easy one for me, number five.
0: Tyler, who is number five? This uh, so is where I got Devontae Adams as well, James. Uh, kind of the same reasons you mentioned. The only reason I'm bumping him down a little bit is just switching teams, going to, you know, no offense to Derek Carr, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. Um, so that could just play a role with his uh, fantasy production, but I definitely expect him to be a top five wide receiver because he's just is that special of a talent. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of risk just going to a different team. We don't really know how he's going to fit in and how he's going to perform. But uh, like I said, you can't go wrong with going with Adams. Alex. Well, Trey and I are driving the choo-choo train to Buffalo, baby.
3: Stefan Diggs is number five from my Buffalo Bills. Um, obviously, as we've talked about, Josh Allen and I are best friends, um, and he told me specifically that he's going to throw the ball to Stephon Diggs a lot this year, uh, so he'll be number five. Uh, for number six, I have Stephon Diggs, so he's dropped for me a little
1: bit because Brian Dayball, the offensive coordinator, is now the head coach of the New York Giants. And I have yet to see what the offense looks like in Buffalo without Brian Dable because that dude was an offensive genius. And also the fact that Stephon Diggs' points came mostly from touchdowns, it's going to be tough to replicate the same 10-plus touchdown rate that he had before. Alex, who's your number six?
3: Number six is where I have Mike Evans. Um, I really wanted him to crack the top five, James. I really liked what you said. I just couldn't see it with those other top five Um I'm just, he does, he always seems to have like kind of little nagging injuries every once in a while and then plays through them and is a complete monster. So, but yeah, you're right. Um, You know, other than if one of these other tight ends that are obviously not now Rob Grobkowski step up, but Mike Evans will be, you know, the number one guy there in Tampa. And when you have Tom Brady as your quarterback, that's always a good thing.
0: Tyler, who is number six for you? Uh, I also have Diggs here um, at six. James, uh, we're on the same page the last couple of picks. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah kind of same reason I think Dixie's a great talent we saw a little bit of a regression last year I don't think necessarily means he's going to continue going that direction but I just think with other talent above him um he just kind of falls to this spot to no fault of his own but um he's he's been great there in Buffalo and I think will continue to be great in Buffalo this year.
1: Ta- Trayden I keep doing that but Trayden who's your number six? Good. Uh,
2: I, I just now actually flipped these two that I'm that I'm about to talk about in in um in order. Um, I, I am going to just follow the bandwagon that Alex Johnson put <laughs> put Mike Evans here. Um, I'll tell you why he, he bumped up, um, is mainly because while, you know, he, he, he hasn't eclipsed 1500 yards except for one year, but he's consistently over a thousand, which is pretty impre- or just pretty impressive. He's always consistent. Um, and he's always open. It feels like, uh, and he's going to have a little bit less competition with, uh, with uh, Gronk out of the picture, uh, we know that Tom Brady is one of the best to ever do it. So uh, when Mike Evans is open, you know, he, he shines. Uh, he just needs to stay a little bit more healthy. And I think that he's just going to be just continue to be the threat that he has always been.
0: Tyler, number seven, who do you have? Uh, this is where I have Mike Evans. Um, like I said, I just think the only thing with him is he's getting a little bit older. So I do worry about just durability kind of as Alex kind of alludes a little bit. That kind of gives me a little bit of worry in terms of uh, the projections. Um, but he's a great talent. I think that uh, Brady loves throwing to this guy. Uh, so we should be putting up a lot of points. Um, but just a little bit lower, just a little bit of concern there, just getting a little bit older. And you know, I just don't know if he's going to stay on the field for as for as much.
3: Alex, who's number seven? I had a really tough time with this one. Um, I actually also bumped up Mike Evans to six. And now this guy, I kind of want to bump down. But I'm going to pick veteran veteranism. That's a word. Sure. It uh, is now over, over upside here. So number seven, I'm going to go Tyree Hill. He's a. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love it. If I'm completely honest with you. Um, I know he has said that Tua is a more accurate quarterback than Patrick Mahomes, but like no one in their right mind would take Tua over Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, he's still going to have that competition with um, Jalen Waddle there, but I do think Tyreek is possibly on his way out as being, you know, one of those elite, elite receivers, but this might be one of those last years while will still be in the top 10.
1: So Trayden, I'm assuming you also had Tyreek at number seven. I
2: have the cheetah, but <laughs> he is under major pressure. This guy, this guy absolutely needs to, to show what he's got. Um, I, 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 I don't know, but I, I just, I just, you look at that speed and and what he can do when he has the ball, he does have the ability to outmuscle some guys, He's, this guy, this guy's, a, this guy's an elite talent. He just needs to, he needs to harness it. At number seven,
1: I have C.D. Lamb out of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Amari Cooper and Malca, Michael Gallup are gone. Well, Michael Gallup's still there, but he's had a late season ACL tear. He might not be back until midway through the season with Amari Cooper with a different team. There's a total of 181 targets that are gone. What are those targets going to go to? Your best receiver, a.k.a. C.D. Lamb. And let's not forget Dak Prescott is a top six quarterback, might even be top five. He's a great talent, both running and throwing. And <laughs> CD Lamb's gonna get a lot of targets, and get a lot of work. Number eight, I have Tyree Kill. I have the cheetah here. Uh, you guys said it perfectly. He Tua is not Patrick Mahomes, but the thing that I do appreciate and I do like is Mike McDaniel is now the coach of the Dolphins. And what he's known for, he hasn't been head coach yet, but as an offensive guy, he puts the ball in your star player's hands often and lets them go with it. I expect them to use Tyree Kill in different scenarios to get him the ball so he can just get points. That's where I see it there. Alex, who's your number
3: eight? This is where I have C.D. Lamb. I really wanted to flip them. James, you I mean, you nailed it. Obviously, uh, Mari Cooper's gone. Michael Gallup is hurt. Um, you know, he's going to get a lot of targets. You know, everyone had C.D. Lamb as like a huge breakout guy last year. It kind of happened. Didn't quite happen. But if any of these guys, I think in the bottom five of this list could jump into the top five, I think C.D. Lamb's probably got the best shot
0: at it. Tyler, number eight for you. Yep. Also got C.D. Lamb here as well. Kind of did what you guys are saying, a reason why you think he's going to be great. Um, he's gonna, definitely going to be their number one receiver, with as you, as you mentioned, with a great quarterback. So I I don't see any reason why uh, C.D. Lamb can't be a top 10 uh, wide receiver this year. And trade.
2: Um I'm not going to say C.D. Lamb. So bye, Alex. Uh, <laughs>
0: okay,
2: we had a good <laughs> ride. A fun ride. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to give some love to Keenan Allen here. Um, Keenan Allen's been doing it right consistently year after year after year after year and i'll and i can continue that because he's 30 years old um he he is justin herbert's top safety valve and that and the thing about players that you know are are starting to continue to grow they like their safety valves when they're in trouble and keenan allen's always there um he's just old mr reliable yeah i think mike williams is kind of the big guy the big play guy but Keenan Allen's the guy that you go to consistently uh, when when you, know, when you don't have another option and you just need to get a play down the field. Um, Keenan Allen's my guy at eight.
1: At number nine for myself, I have Mike Williams from the Chargers who is Keenan Allen's teammate. The reason why I say that is I think there's now been a changing of the guard in Los Angeles for the Chargers, not the Rams. Mike Williams just got signed to this massive contract. If that doesn't tell you how much he's worth to the team, I don't know what does. He's no longer a deep threat not just deep, threat. he still is, but he's no longer just a deep threat. He's run some really shallow routes that are typically clean and Allen routes. And he's excelled at it. He has a 23% target share. That's not something you give, like, that's a guy that Justin Herbert looks to a lot. And yes, Keenan Allen is still there, but Keenan Allen is more like Cole Beasley now. in his at this point in his career, while Mike Williams is um, like Amari Cooper, like they're, when they both play for the Cowboys, that's what it's looking like. Mike Williams is now the dude. And I'm sorry to say, Keenan Allen's going to be great. He's going to be middle of the pack, but Mike Williams is just better. Trading, who's your number nine?
2: Number nine. This is where I'll put CD Lamb, uh, you know, for the same guy, for the same reasons, all three, you guys just said on, on number eight. I just want to just give some love to Keenan Allen.
0: Tyler. Uh, I got Keenan Allen here at nine. Um, You know, he's never been a big-time touchdown scorer, but, you know, sometimes the best ability is availability, and Keenan Allen certainly has that. Um, He's definitely stayed in the lineup pretty consistently throughout his whole week career, which is very, very impressive for an NFL career. Um, So I'm going Keenan Allen here at nine. Alex. Uh,
3: At number nine, Tyler, fly, Eagles, fly, A.J. Brown. Uh, I am a little worried, obviously, with Jalen Hurts as his quarterback. I mean, Jalen Hurts as a fantasy quarterback is great as a real life quarterback for a wide receiver, little iffy still, I think that's pretty fair. Um, But AJ Brown is a monster. He is, um, you know, I'm hoping a big step up, you know, new scene. If he stays healthy, he is incredible. Hopefully he and Jalen Hurts can just get on the same page Um, and I'm I'm going AJ Brown. And number 10, I have AJ Brown.
1: <laughs> Love that answer. It's there's a hundred million reasons why he's gonna succeed on this team. And if you guys didn't get that, that's how much he was paid this offseason. Massive contract. He's gonna be very important to this team. And just like Alex said, echo Alex. If Jalen Hurts can take like half a step up as a quarterback, AJ Brown's gonna be good. He was good in Tennessee in a run first offense when he was not the main focal point. Now he is. It Just needs the quarterback to get on the ball. If he does that, oh my god, AJ Brown is gonna be a monster. Tyler was your
0: number 10. AJ Brown, uh coming here at number 10 for you guys as well. Same same reasons. I like the potential here. Uh obviously as a big Eagles fan, I hope that it translates well into wins as well. Uh, I don't know about that part, but hopefully it does. Uh but I think fantasy-wise, you gotta love the potential you see here. I think obviously at 10, you know, we haven't has been proven yet, so I think that might bump up pretty soon as potential to be a potentially a top five uh fantasy uh a point score here um i I think they're a a great combo on paper so hopefully that translates on the field but we'll see but aj brown at 10 i love that
1: and last but not least trading who's your number 10
2: yes this guy i think has a little bit more a little bit more consistency than dk Metcalf, and that is aj brown um we got jalen quote unquote mahomes first quarterback um that's you know that i had tyler i had to i had to man it was a slam dunk um (laughs) a.j brown i i love i love um, his positioning right here um this guy is going to to do well um in, in philly and uh he might make jalen hurts look at least half as good as mahomes i like that ladies and gentlemen and people who
1: love or hate olives i don't discriminate that is the end of my segment hope you guys enjoyed
0: All right. Thank you, James. Um, Yeah. Fantasy football is going to come sooner than I think we realize. Um, And it's going to be fun. It's always good to talk about fantasy football. Always a good time. Um, And that's going to round out uh, episode 105. Um, 105 on 7-5, July 5th. How about that? Uh, I also think this is also the start of season three, by the way. We have entered our third year as our podcast. Um, So that's a pretty big deal, boys. Um, We did. Entering year three. Um, so pretty remarkable. Thank you to everyone that um has supported us along the way. Um I get to start a new playlist now, season three, so it's kind of fun. Um but yeah, we hope you guys all again had a great Fourth of July weekend. Um hopefully you guys are staying safe out there uh with your summer plans. Um thank you for listening. Like us on social media, share us, and uh hopefully you guys have a fantastic week and we'll see you next time.